We should release this. It'd be funny if one day we released an episode of uh, the podcast and it just, instead of the podcast, it went right to the Rick Roll video. Okay. Let's, hey, listen, Andrew, uh, w- wink, you know what I mean? We'll save this one for later. Tuck, tucking this idea into our coat pocket. <laughs> Play that game. Hey, I'm Pete Steele. And I'm Andrew Miller. And welcome to Two Can Play That Game, the podcast for people who have one friend. If you have more than one friend, this podcast is not for you. That's right, it's not. It's uh See it's ya. Not. have fun on your trip to popularville you know what i mean seeing them off at the train andrew and i waving waving our handkerchiefs at them as their train pulls out you know what i mean right we're in unpopularville population two exactly group, yeah population we, we've kicked two. everyone out of our out of our town you know what i mean so the population's right. back to zero everyone's on a train out of the out to a to a more popular town and we go all right goodbye and then you and i literally <laughs> we literally look at each other and we go okay well i'll i'll see you next week and then we walk in two separate we walk to, to the two opposite sides of a huge town oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the election's gonna be awkward for mayor you know yeah exactly well hey dual mayors wouldn't that be nice huh yeah well okay that that would be okay well all right well i see your platform already and i know what my (laughs) platform is (laughs) anyway uh let's let's get out of that and let's start talking about some board games here pete what do you say get out of that bit get into targi (laughs) andrew we're talking about targi today baby (laughs) targi Targi, which is a beloved classic, you could call this well, a yeah. I, I'd say it's a beloved modern classic. I, I feel like I feel like so many people will refer to this one when they're talking about two-player games, and yes. for, you know, for good reason. I don't know if it's classic. I mean, because we've covered some very classic old old games, but it's a modern classic. I think oh, you're right. It's, it's a, a modern it's, classic. It's, yeah, it's a reference point. A lot of people, like I said, people will always point to this one and be like, "Well, it's not as good as Targi, or it's kind of like Targi." It's like it's like you always mm-hmm, see it online. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have played this one. Right, right, right. Um, and this is part of the Cosmos two-player series, which we, uh, oh. which we are always fond that that they made an entire series of two-player games. That's Love great it. for us. Love it. And uh, and it's it's one of the few two-player worker placement games, which is another reason why it's referenced so much. You know what I mean? Because it there's not a ton of games that meet all the same criteria this one does. But we'll get into that in a second, Andrew. Let's yeah. say we have to sum this game up in one sentence for the people at home so that they can immediately stop playing this episode as soon as we're done wrapping it up with one sentence. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> one sentence explanations. Okay, well, if I have to, which I do because that's what we're doing here, I would say that Targi is a fun game about Targi that at its core really has nothing to do with Targi. That's Targi. Yep. That sounds about right. We'll be getting into that more as we go along, but that's kind of like the main theme, I'd say, uh, which is why um, mine's kind of similar. Here's my one-sentence summary. It's a game highly influenced by that South Park underpants gnomes meme that says, you know, the one that says phase one, collect underpants, phase two, question mark, phase three, profit. (laughs) It's kind of like that in the game because it's like phase one here is like collect salt dates and pepper and then phase two is question mark and then phase three is you know be the best tribe you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. You you get salt, pepper, and dates, and then you are the best, right? Well, okay. And then that's, that's it. And then you get a all takes. wells, and you get caravans, and you get Targia, and uh, and then that's it. And then you win the game. Those are victory points. So it's just kind of like a big question mark in the middle how that all translates. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're skipping over something in there, right? Skipping over something quite. in there, but but you know what? That's kind of the fun of this. Very kind of fun. Of this game. Yeah. It's kind of a simple, uh, you know, you don't have to get too into all the minutia of transactions and so forth. It's it's a fun mechanic mm-hmm. to it, and uh, yeah. I found it very easy to pick. You know, it's one of these games where you think, oh, is this gonna? I'm gonna have to read the rule book, and it's gonna take me a little while to understand all these little rules. But really, I mean, you can pick it up during your first game, and it's you you feel like you're already blazing through it. You know, it's like you get used to it very quickly. Right, you're like, hmm, a whole new rule set I got to learn, and, and a bunch of cards I got to read the text on and stuff like that. But before you know it, you're you're rolling. It's good. It gets you right in it. Really, it really does. Yeah. Now, Andrew, let's let's kind of describe what this game is for the folks here. So we talked about it being a worker placement game. It's also kind of has a little bit of hand management, not really hand management, more of like what they call um, tableau or uh, like grid grid building, basically. Look at you now using using tableau. I, I thought tableau was a uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to make sure you don't overuse it. All things right. in all things in moderation. You know what I mean. Ever since you ever since you read that one review with the word tableau, now you're just using tableau all over the place. I, I yeah, I'm kind of sprinkling it in, in to all my convos. <laughs> you know what I mean with the the president and the mayor of the uh, the town and whatnot. <laughs> the, which is going to be me, by the way. I'm going to be the mayor of one, one friendville. <laughs> And there's a lot of uh, you know resource collecting and spending. That's that. That's really it. So I mean the the it's it also the the main mechanic of the game of the actual worker placement is novel to me. I don't know if this is done in other games. I think I, I think it probably is, but you don't see it very often. There are cards around mm-hmm. the game board basically that make the border, and you place your workers on one of those cards, and then you each go back and forth placing three workers each person and then where those workers intersect you essentially place yet another worker so if you have all three of your main workers spaced properly you're going to get two other spaces so you're going to end up with a total of five actions in a turn which is pretty cool uh, yeah. and that's something i just i mean I, I that's very novel to me i i've never seen that kind of intersection worker placement before in, in a game which is very cool no i think that is in fact uh, we'll get into this in the history of the game, but the designer of this game uh, said that the intersection mechanic was kind of unique. So, I, and you think he'd know because he's played a lot of games. So, yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's very impressive to me because when you play a bunch of games, you you see a lot of the same stuff over and over again, which isn't always a knock. You know, what I mean, if you do it the right way, it's great. You know what I mean? Like, I I yeah. never hold it against the game that they're using a system that I've seen before. If they do it the right way and it's fun, it's great. You know what I mean? Like, it's never yes, it's never a, a knock against them that they do that. But when you see something brand new like this that you've never seen before, it's always like, whoa, uh. Wow, you know, uh, good on you. That this is this is wild. Um, great job going the extra mile and creating something I never even thought of or 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 saw before. So the objective of the game, really, you're you're placing your workers, or you're, you have little token, little meeple pieces around, and you place them on these cards. And a lot of them, you you're collecting one of the three uh, commodities, I guess we're calling them, right? It's salt, mm-hmm. goods, pepper, yeah, yeah, goods, right? Salt, pepper, and dates. 
so you use these to trade in and buy tribe cards, which I guess are like kind of like improvements to your tribe, I guess, or uh, kind of status for mm-hmm. your tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know what? We didn't even talk about what are we talking about tribes? This this whole thing takes place in ah, uh, good point. Uh, in the Saharan desert uh, with uh, Targi, which are um, men who are part of the Tuareg uh, tribe, I guess, and Targia, which are the women. Right. The Tuareg people are a semi-nomadic people that, who live in northern Africa in the Saharan right. desert um, across multiple nations, basically in the Saharan desert. And they kind of have their own society there. And so th- this game is set within that society, basically. You you, you assume the role of, of, of one of those uh, clans of, of people there. Yeah. And so I guess the idea is that you are, you know, it, it's a lot of desert themes. It's a lot of like, uh, well, camels. We'll get into that later. We have camels mm-hmm. in another game. Great. Um, you have like Oasis yeah. and uh, one of the spaces, Fata Morgana. That's a, I didn't, I've heard of that, but I didn't realize that that refers to like an oasis or not an oasis, oh. a mirage, a mirage in the. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you see, you think you see, it's like a, it's like a very vivid mirage or something like that. So you so uh-huh, when yeah. you land on when you put your worker on Fata Morgana, then you can move to a different place, which I think is kind of clever. It's like, oh, I thought I was here, yeah. but actually I, I can move over here. Right. So things like that. So it's all just desert themed, really. And we'll get into it later. Mm-hmm. But I think the the theme of this is kind of eh, like some games is kind of pasted on a bit. The mechanic is fun, but the theme yeah. is kind of like, well, it could have been a lot of different things. It's kind of just. Yeah, uh, it doesn't go that deep. We'll talk about it later. But uh, there's a lot more that they could have done with it. And, and so it's, it was an interesting choice on their part, for sure. But they do some interesting interesting choices with it so you're trying to collect these tribe cards and put them out in front of you in a a four by three grid you know 12 total and you get victory points for adding things to your tribe but also you get extra victory points if like for instance all of them are the same type in a row or if you get four different ones in a row then you get some extra victory points at the end you can even trade in gold which is another part of this uh, you can collect from different cards you can trade in gold just straight up for victory points if you want to too so you the whole goal of the game is to collect as many victory points as you can uh, by doing these things and then when the game is over which is well, it ends one of two ways. When somebody has all 12 of their cards out in front of them, the game is over, and whoever has the most victory points wins. Or when the robber makes it all the way around the border of the game, which we can talk about now. Right. The robber is a piece that they introduce that essentially moves time along because every new round they advance along one of the border cards. And once they get to the end, it's game over. Uh, They also introduce the idea of there's all four corner cards of the border is what's referred to as a, a raid where the robber is essentially taking either goods or gold from you or victory points from you depending on the yeah. the raid card uh, when it comes up uh, which is a, a whole uh, another layer of depth I think to this too that you have to be prepared four times a game essentially to pay the robber essentially and and uh, and you have to take that into account when you're when you're strategizing for your upcoming turns. Yeah, the robber is kind of like the uh, the mafia coming around and just, you know, making sure, you know, collecting in your neighborhood. And be like, hey, time to pay up kind of thing. Right. 
Um, breaking but breaking is, kneecaps, insurance yeah, exactly. money, you know. Right. It is kind of different than other games where you see this, where uh, like a brigand attack in the Catan card game, where it's just you never know when it's going to happen. In this one, you always know when it's going to happen. You can see, oh, it's going to be in two turns. It's going to be in one turn. And so you can prepare for it. Yeah, I actually really like that part of it because you know when it's going to happen. You can decide, uh, I'm going to press my luck right now because I have a little bit of time. And that's either smart or dumb because maybe pressing your luck actually kind of messes you up. Or you can say like, ah, I just have to make sure I'm prepared for this. So I'll I'm going to maybe take the safe route right now. So I think that's that's a very interesting decision to make, too. You know, I liked that mechanic in this game, and I, I would love that mechanic in real life. Wouldn't you just like to know when yeah. you're going to be robbed? You're like, ah, I'm going to be robbed yeah. next week. All right, better get ready. Mm-hmm. Better. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be robbed next week. I'm going to just go ahead and put a decoy credit card in my <laughs> wallet or something like that, or like right. Monopoly money it's in my wallet or something like that. So I'm convenient. sure it won't go bad. I'm sure it won't go bad. <laughs> And then anyway, at the end of the game, you just add up who has the most victory points. So, you know, like you said, you, you're getting the resources, you're spending the resources on the tribes card, you're playing those tribes cards into your grid, and then you go until it's over, and then you see who has the most victory points at the end of the game. So in some ways, it's very simple, and like we said, easy to catch on and, and get up to speed with. And then in other ways, it can be very deep in the strategies that you decide to use. And there's a very light engine building in this, too, where you there are some cards that get magnified if you get other cards. So you can put together, you know, combos that work really well and things like that. And uh, and that's really that's the entire game. You just try to play as well as you can get the get as many great cards as you can and build the best grid of cards, which is uh, representative of, you know, how your tribes doing basically how your clan's doing and simultaneously get in the way of uh, your opponent doing the best they can basically too and so you play a little offense you play a little defense and you try to come out on top that's right baby oh and one more thing andrew now that i bring up the idea of blocking your other opponent we should touch on that um, when you place your workers you cannot place one of your main workers directly opposite your opponents so there is a way to directly block your opponent yeah. if you know your opponent wants one card specifically and needs one card and it would crush you or something like that you can place your worker in a way that will directly block them from getting that card so i know that a lot of people bring up that fact too with this game is that um, there is a lot of direct defense you can you, yeah. you can employ in this game that can be frustrating to your opponent and things like of that nature too so no i think you're right there's a lot of strategy involved um also some luck involved too with those those middle cards you know once you take a card from the center of the board it gets replaced with one from the deck and uh mm-hmm. you know so that's there's a little bit of chance there that every every round the board looks different because you've taken cards off of it and replaced them with other ones so you have right. to really think think your stat- strategy through every single time so it's cha- always changing it's always kind of fresh so right yeah, you have to fun. be flexible with your strategy too because you might be pursuing something and then just before you know it the cards that you're looking for just are not coming up and you can't and yeah. you got to bail on it maybe that strategy or pursue a different strategy at the same time too so that's another really interesting part of this game that makes it different from some other worker placement games there's a lot of worker placement games where you have the same options in front of you every turn basically and it just changes whoever maybe gets the first crack at it or something like that but you can right. always go back to the same things if you want to and in this one they're constantly refreshing they're constantly turning over basically because like you said when you take one it gets replaced and becomes something completely different so i think that um keeps it very fresh as well yes i agree but andrew 
Who's behind this game staying so fresh, huh? Tell me a little oh, bit about the history of this one. Speaking of fresh, there you go. Okay, well, yeah. So I did research the history of this game as usual on the show, and uh, this game came out in 2012. So pretty kind of fresh, um, mm-hmm. you know, relatively recent, but in the, relatively. in the world of board games. Mm-hmm. In the world of board games, that's not really, I mean, a lot of, you know, <laughs> it's like uh, it doesn't seem new to a lot of people, I'll say. Um, but it was, uh, like you said, by Cosmos, and it's designed by a guy named uh, Andreas Steiger. Not sure I'm pronouncing that right. But uh, he lives in Germany, and he's a full-time kindergarten teacher, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hey. Know? Yeah, I think it was, hey, nice going there. Uh, you love to see that. Much love to all the teachers out there from this podcast. You guys have a, a tough job, and you should be paid more. That's what we say. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, he uh, was never really into gaming that much uh, as a what? kid, I guess. I'm yeah. like pounding, um, pounding my fist into my hand, <laughs> listening to that. Let's get him. Well, you, you know, know I mean? uh, he was pretty. He was pretty casual, I guess you could say. No, I'm, I never like yeah, to say yeah, that yeah. about anybody. <laughs> um, I, I uh, that, never mind. That's I don't want to get on a sidetrack, but that bothers me when people say that. It's like, who cares? We're just all enjoying games, and it doesn't matter if you're right, 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 right. Doesn't matter, right. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, he really got into board games when um, his his wife became pregnant with their first child because they always used to go out to the movies and things like that and, and uh, that you know gets harder when you have a when you have a baby so hmm. they started playing board games and just really really loved it and to this day they still have a, a weekly board game night just the two of them so uh, they're really Aww. into two player he said they're really into two player uh, board games which I immediately I was like hey man awesome. You're hey, you know, welcome <laughs> to welcome to the yeah, podcast. Welcome to the show, baby. Yeah, really. I, I, mean, we... I, as, I assume they're listening right now. You know, mm, we'll probably have to tweet at this guy see if he'll he'll listen. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he loved uh, games with the worker placement mechanic, like we talked about, where you put you put uh, people on there and then they get you something, right? Worker placement. Where do you want to place your your people? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of that too. I, I get it. It's it's one of my favorite mechanics. So yeah. He wanted to make a game where now where every worker you placed was responsible for more than one thing happening. Uh, mm. So because a lot of times you just place your worker and it's like okay, I'm, th- then it's gonna make this. One this guy's thing gonna happen. go chop wood and he's gonna get the right. wood and that's it for this turn, right? And that's it. But he wanted to do something where uh, when you place a worker, it could potentially have two things happen, and that resulted mm-hmm. in this unique intersection mechanic where like you had to have two of them intersecting and that got you a third thing on the intersection of those two things yeah so that so that was it you know that was kind of the magic behind this game and the theme came later as as is the case with a lot of these games these game designers will come up with the mechanic first and then the theme they're just kind of like well what could fit in this what would make sense yep and he came up with a theme because he had just gotten a new set of animeeples, which, for those of you who are not familiar, those are meeples that are shaped like animals mm. from from Agricola or Agricola, however you want to say that. Mm-hmm. Sheep, I guess, and pigs or something like that. But anyway, the animeeples that he had were white, brown, and black. And so he was using them in his prototype of this game as like the tokens. And he said, "Well, what could be uh, white, brown, and black?" And he thought he thought salt, pepper, and then brown would be dates. And oh. So he's, he literally said in an interview that he said, hmm, I wonder if there are any people out there that trade these three these three goods. And so he Googled oh, it and, and, came up, and came up with the, uh, and sure enough, hey, there it was, the Tuareg people of the uh, Saharan Desert, which we get into in a second here, what the connection is there. Wow. But that's where he came up with the theme, really. And uh, It was just the, a Google just, search that tamed, just, it, <laughs> turned into the entire theme of this game, huh? Yeah, really. Wow. Yeah, reading a few articles uh, about it. But anyway, um, 
he pitched the game to Cosmos. They loved it. They he said they really didn't change very much of it. And then this is this is I was trying to look kind of he's made prototypes for other games, but this seems to mm-hmm. be the only game that uh, has been published. Uh, yeah. Of his. In my light research, this was the only game that I saw linked to him as well. So Bes- besides the expansion to this, because uh, mm-hmm. there is right. an expansion pack, but um, and a couple other like you know bonus tiles that I guess they put out at some point. This is it. Right. So it's all based on Targi. Everything that he's done is Targi. Uh, it's kind of like lightning in a bottle almost. You know, it's like wow, you made because this got nominated for all kinds of awards and things like that. Right. But uh, yeah, nothing else since the 2012. I saw people, you know, in the reviews or whatever, being like, "We want more. Come, give us more from the from this man." <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, but I guess he has. He says he has designed more, but nothing has um, caught the interest of any publishers out there. So, okay. Yeah, I don't know. But he still teaches kindergarten and still plays games with his wife every week. Uh, so great. That's yeah. awesome. He, he says more of a hobby for him anyway. But anyway, like I said, we he made a theme on the, the Touareg people, which uh, got to be got to be up front. Pete and I both. I, I didn't really know anything about the Touareg people before I did very, very light research. <laughs> kind of like the creator of this Yeah. <laughs> very yeah, light research yeah. Dis- on the internet. Disclaimer, Andrew and I are in no way experts on this topic, but we did, yeah. you know like he said light research into it and uh, feel feel like i learned i mean i learned a lot in a short period of time about it yeah. you know i mean a lot more than i did know that's for sure no the internet's a great place when you want to learn stuff they, they got everything yeah. on there <laughs> targi the the name of the game targi it says in the instructions that targi are the men of, of the tuareg people and the targia right are the the women hmm which I was searching and searching. When you search Targi and Targi people and Tuareg Targi, all that comes up are just page after page of articles about this board game. Yeah, the word Targi, I, I, I didn't actually see a lot in, in my research either, honestly. It was just referring to the Tuareg people in general and, and some other general terminology that they use for themselves as well and things of that nature. I didn't actually see this word too often. Uh, or really at all, honestly. I eventually found it on like like the fifth page of my Google searches on, uh, I think it was an anthropologist who had been traveling with some Tuareg people and just said, it didn't even say like the, the men are called Targi. It was just like, oh, and my friend who's a Targi, like, you know, I just met him. Hmm. And so that was it. But um, I found but other But what do we know? That, <laughs> right. I found uh, actually a lot of other names that uh, they go by, you know, uh, that the men are called... Um, different things and the women are called different things but i not not that word so i don't know where he got this from but uh, must have gotten mm. it from somewhere yeah but i believe uh andrew they are kind of like a semi-nomadic they were possibly more nomadic in the past and and they're pastoral so they agriculture and livestock and trading basically as yeah. as kind of like a way of economy and a way of life and like you said they are they travel and live throughout the saharan desert so northern africa and uh, i think there are large populations specifically in mali and niger some some other kind of northwestern um African nations as well. They they are their own people within those nations. Basically, they are right. Currently, it's about three million people. I saw. I saw some articles that said about two million okay. people. So somewhere somewhere in yeah. there. But I, I I wanted to tie into this game. So things that I think this game got correct, at least from what I could see about the Tuareg people. That so that many of the men wear uh, indigo dyed clothes, like blue uh, that they wear. Right. 
And so that's how they're pictured in this game, and that's kind of like what they're famous for, I guess, if you could say it that way. Right. It's a cultural thing that they do with their with their clothing, with their garb specifically, that that kind of makes them stand out. That uh, so it's a, it's a takeaway for a lot of people when they when they yeah. are first introduced to to the people to the Tuareg people. They go, oh, this. You know, the thing about them is they have those those bright blue indigo dyed clothes and things like that. So it becomes kind of iconic. Yeah, they're a, they're a Muslim society, but the. Uh, kind of different than a lot of other Muslim societies. The the men wear a veil across their face almost all the time, and women do not, which is kind of different um, or unique, I guess you could say. That's a good point. I mean, you know, obviously, we don't want to be generalizing too much. There are a lot of uh, Muslim societies where women don't wear veils, but you're right that the idea that a society is known for men specifically over women covering their face, it seems like a less lesser known thing that's for sure yeah yeah for sure it's a from what i could see it's a matriarchal society so they they hand everything down through the i guess the mother's line and things like that so mm-hmm. right right which comes up actually in the expansion pack there's a uh, targia token in that one that is like helpful it's like the opposite of the robber it moves the opposite way of the robber and it like it like gives you like you know bonus powers if you're if you're on that one mm-hmm. anyway in real life uh they've had a pretty muddy past i guess with like french colonialism in the area and uh of mm-hmm. course when that like like happened in in a lot of the world when uh, colonialism messed things up because they then of course separated these areas into nation states and then the Tuareg people are kind of left in the middle like well we don't really belong in any of these and that's caused a lot of conflict yeah. a lot of conflict over the years and plus there's also greater desertification happening where like uh i guess a lot of people are the cities around there are getting bigger and that's kind of like creating larger deserts uh, driving a lot, of, a lot of the water out of the area things like that so it's a lot of problems for them and there's also a lot yeah. of uranium mining happening in their areas from these european corporations so i feel like right you know a lot of things like that kind of follows a, a general trend in in the world where there's kind of indigenous peoples who like to kind of live separately but are being kind of squeezed more and more from the yes. the world around them basically who uh, like the world shrinking as we know it and it's, it's kind of squeezing out some indigenous peoples that don't necessarily want to um that, that still want to live their way of life and don't want to have to fold in too much of the of the outside world you know what i mean and some of them are kind of forced to absolutely i think those are all uh good points i don't want to make it seem like of course though that they're total victims anyway because uh, no society is perfect uh, as we know and uh this this was kind of shocking to me actually when i read this about them but um they practiced slavery for a long time you know uh got mm-hmm. slaves from other, other parts of africa but the right. the practice is still continuing to this day at the time of this recording there's still Lots of slaves being held in su- by some Tuareg people out there, which I thought was right. I don't know. That kind of opened my eyes up a little bit. All of the um, information that I had read said that there are still certain tribes or clans within the Tuareg people that um, that have slave castes, basically, um, uh. that still own slaves. It's it's by no means all of them, but some of them, kind of thing, and and that it's kind of uh, you know hard for nation states to regulate because they. Uh, are kind of like live such a separate life than the rest of the people in the nation. And in and of itself, the Tuareg um, society is very stratified into caste is what they say. And so unfortunately, like a lot of human history, there are folks that are 
on the bottom, essentially, you know what I mean? And at the mercy yeah. of the folks that are at the top. And so, uh, unfor- and there's a lot of, and that area, you know, the, the mixing of a lot of different um, ethnicities and, and mm-hmm. ethnic lineages that come together and mash. So it's, there's a lot of history in the area that has led to some uh, heartache, I would say, basically, and mm-hmm. um, and some some bad blood it, between different peoples in the area, and what it has led to for the lives of those people. So, I mean, Andrew and I can't even begin to to parse it apart, basically. But um, but it, uh, it it is all to say that um, I I think one thing Andrew and I would both agree on is that after reading the small amount that we did on the Trollrag people, it is a very interesting idea for a German game maker to decide to, you know, set his game, that's for sure. <laughs> well, and that's that's kind of the, yeah, that is the point of bringing all this stuff up. I know it's not very funny out there for all of you expecting comedy podcasts, but uh, hopefully a little bit interesting. But I just think it's I think it's kind of weird that uh, a lot of these themes are pasted on. You don't really think about it. It just seems, oh, kind of interesting. You're trading goods out in the desert. But when you really actually right. start to read about what the real life uh, situation is, it's like, oh, okay, well, should we really be playing a game about this? So that's just one thing to think about out there. Yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, you know, the game goes a certain amount of this into the society of these people. It is set there, obviously. But how deep does it go? How much do you see of it? I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah, it just makes you wonder. I would just wonder how much uh, he uh, read into their culture or anything, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe he knows uh, more than we do, because like I said, we just did a, some quick uh, reading on the internet. Yeah, good point. Speaking of quick reading on the internet, Pete, I think it's time to get a little bit lighter here on the show. What do you say? Let's get back to the, uh, the real light reading, kind of like reviews on the internet. Oh, sure, Andrew. Why don't you go ahead and review on this? review on this yes 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 we are going to review on this and this is the part where pete's gonna read a person's review of the game that he found online and we're just gonna go ahead and assume what their life is like (laughs) that sounds good andrew andrew this person gave it a two out of ten and they said quote technically viable but lacks fun or juice now, Andrew, I like this because uh, it's a very scientific approach to a review because they are literally measuring the fun and juice levels. They're like, well, it <laughs> it lacks fun uh, or juice. So it's a little <laughs> low on both the fun and juice front. But <laughs> This one had some fun, but not as much juice. I like my game with a little more juice, a little less fun. I'm going <laughs> to, right, I would like preferably, ideally, I'd like to see a little more juice and just a tad more fun. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> pouring potion like into the... The game. We're making lemonade here. Yeah. Andrew, this person who gave it a 2 out of 10, they said, no talking, no thinking, no everything. Hate the game. And then in parentheses, they wrote, I'm sad about the money. <laughs> Andrew, I think... <laughs> Doesn't it seem like doesn't it seem like a full therapy session took place in this review? Like, they're raging about everything that you can't that they think you can't do in this game they're like you can't do anything in this game and then they finally admit at the end that they're just very sad <laughs> about something else in their life and they're taking it out on target you know what i mean i'm just sad about the money yeah. i'm just sad about the money like i don't i don't even know what the heck they're talking about i can't i couldn't tell whether they're talking about the game still or not but <laughs> i hope they're Maybe doing they're okay s- <laughs> they're sad about the money that they spent on the game perhaps um it could be it's not that it's not an expensive game. i don't know 
you know. No, it's, like it's not. In fact, it's so. quite cheap. Yeah, it's yeah. actually very inexpensive, and people like that about it. So I don't know. <laughs> Andrew, this person gave it a five out of ten, and they said this game is very repetitive and takes too long. Want to sell it? Ooh, I love this strategy, Andrew. Everyone's gonna hate this thing. You want to buy it off me? You know what I mean? Like they're just like <laughs> they list everything they hate about it, and then they're like, anyway, selling it, uh, fifteen <laughs> bucks for the first. Th- you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody reading it going, hmm, I'm going to hate this, huh? All right, you got yourself a deal. <laughs> I hope they didn't just copy and paste this right into eBay when they... Uh... Exactly. This person gave it a 6 out of 10, Andrew. They said, I just wish the cards were easier to read and or had useful iconography to eliminate the need for reading the text. So many cards with hard-to-read font makes for a slower understanding of options. Okay, Andrew, this person just needs glasses, okay? (laughs) You know what I mean? They just need reading glasses. That's what's going on, bud, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I, wow, that's funny. I just disagree. I found like, uh, yeah, there is some reading on the cards. There's some reading on the cards, but it's not like, it's the same 12 cards around the outside that you have to read. I mean, once you do it two yeah. or three times, you, you know them all. And this game specifically, it, it a lot of the cards, like the, the outer cards specifically, have like more text, descriptive text on the back if you need it. But like, right. then they have the other side where it, there's like shortcut text and iconography on it. It's just like, they did a good job, I think, with the text. It's not too much. And I don't know what this person's talking about i really just think they need glasses and and i and i'm just wondering like what you can't bear to wear glasses you know what i mean so what, what that makes people ugly to wear glasses huh i didn't realize <laughs> we're didn't realize we're dealing with brad pitt over here get out of here just like taking my glasses off uh, uh right i will say that uh you know i wear glasses but not all the time i'll say that when i don't wear my get out of here I- andrew <laughs> i'll say that when i don't wear my glasses my house is a lot cleaner looking and uh, my <laughs> oh, face, yes, yes. and I look a lot better in the mirror too when I don't wear my glasses. <laughs> so I don't. You know, I'd say maybe that's the problem. You just sometimes you get addicted to not wearing your glasses because things look. Yeah, things look better. yeah, 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 yeah. I see how it is. Andrew, this person gave it a six out of ten. They said the typeface choice is particularly disastrous. All right, Andrew, let's get <laughs> to the go. this again with this. Personally, I think it's a bit hyperbolic to refer to uh, any font as disastrous. Quite frankly, I, I think that that <laughs> seems inappropriate as an adjective for font. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. Well, it's like they picked wingdings or something for this. Uh, it's like no, come yeah. on, it's 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 a uh, normal come on. font. <laughs> come on. Andrew, this person gave it a 7 out of 10. They said, box is way too dang big. This is a deck of cards and some tokens. Okay, Andrew, first of all, the box is not too big. In fact, (laughs) most people enjoy how small that they got the box on this one. A lot of people say, love the small box. Love that they went with a small (laughs) box. It fits perfectly and I can take it everywhere and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So this person is just flat out wrong. You know what I mean? This is just one of those people who they, what do they want here? What do they want the, the game to be shrink wrapped? You know what I mean? No air in them. They just, they'd use a vacuum to suck all the air out and it, and it's, you know, like beef jerky or something. This is just like a, uh, an internet troll who's reading all the reviews saying, oh, people like the small box, huh? Oh, well, how about this? Oh, yeah. How about this? I bet I'll get a fight out of this. Yeah. Who wants to fight right now? I think the box is too big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Good point. (laughs) <laughs> Andrew, this person gave it a 7 out of 10. They said, Seth owns. Now, this is probably just a note about, like, who in their family owns it or whatever. Like, wh- who or who, which one of their friends has it so they, they they know for the future or whatever. But it also could be, like, graffiti style. Know what I mean? Like, they could have just jumped onto this forum and they were just like, <laughs> Seth rules! 
Seth owns. <laughs> Seth's yes. the best. Seth Seth was here. You know what I mean? <laughs> got pwned by Seth. You got pwned by Seth. Seth owns. Seth is it rules. Number one, Seth. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I like to think it is. Andrew, yes. this person gave it a 7 out of 10. They said, one interesting design decision... Getting coins seems to be a fairly overriding concern in the whole scheme of this game. Kind of like real life. Or not? Wow, Andrew. This is a true philosopher, huh? They really bailed on that criticism of modern life. You know what I mean? <laughs> they were like, they were like well, not. perhaps we're too concerned with money, you know? Money is ultimately just simply a made-up way of rating someone's productivity in this world. Or not, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe we don't worry too much about it. I haven't really made up my mind yet, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's somebody who wanted to avoid the trolls. It was like, oh, maybe this is a little too yeah. controversial. I'll just throw in a or not, and then people won't. Right, they were worried their take was too hot. Exactly, yes. yeah. <laughs> Real, a lot of a lot of finance money heads out there were going to come down on them and be like, no, actually, we're not too concerned with coin in this world. Just hedging their bets there. Just hedging their bets, exactly. Like a true Smart. fan yeah. of coins. Yeah, true centrist over here, you know what I mean, this guy. Uh, Andrew, this person gave it an 8 out of 10. They said, it could be a 9, but it's a little dry. I typically like my games meatier than this. Uh, or, uh, uh, Andrew, okay, if I'm keeping up with this person's metaphors here that they're mixing all together, they're saying if it's dry, they need more meat, and it's like... Does that, if it's wet, then they need less meat? I don't know. So maybe this is like a professional competitive eater, maybe. This is like a Kobayashi type, and they're talking, <laughs> they all their metaphors are meat related. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that. Although I will say, hey, nice job on the pun, though, because I, I mean, I get it. This game's a little too dry. It does take place in the desert. So I, I think that's comedy gold yeah. right there. Yeah, I got to say, Andrew, as I was going through the reviews for this game to pick these out, I, I came across... I'm going to say no less than 100 of those puns. Everyone making those puns left and right of it. <laughs> this, so, this, game is uh, an, is, this game is just an oasis in the middle of a desert of bad board games. right? It's just now, like, that one didn't come up that I no. saw. So, see, you're already blazing new territory. <laughs> I'm currently you know I mean? getting on BoardGameGeek typing this you should, right now. Yeah, you should jump on a forum <laughs> right now and <laughs> claim that territory, Andrew. You know what I mean? Andrew, this person gave it a seven and a half out of ten. And they go on in their review to talk about how the shape of the meeples could be better, and they talk about how some square tiles would be better if they were around. They were like little criticisms like that. And then at the okay. end they say, again, these in no way take away from the gameplay. They are more of a if-I-have-to-say-something-bad kind of thing. <laughs> well, I got news for you, bud. You're going to want to sit down for this one. <laughs> you don't have to say something bad in your little forum review about a board game ever you know what i mean unless someone literally has a gun to your head and they're like you better say pick out something bad to say you know what i mean you never have to say something bad if you don't want to what, what are you doing in this review yeah you mentioned two nitpicky things and then you go i know i'm being nitpicky honestly I, these are only things i would say if i had to choose something bad don't say them don't say them bud <laughs> if they're really not that big an issue you know what i mean I don't know how to break it to this person, Andrew, but you don't have to include every single thought about a game in your review. Yeah, don't let it affect your star rating either. What was that, seven and a half stars? I mean, come on. If, yeah. if those are nitpicks, bump that up. Right. Andrew, uh, hello. Is that is your doorbell going crazy right now, or am I? Uh, did I get hit in the head with a, with a Looney Tunes piano, and <laughs> I'm hearing... <laughs> and I'm hearing a melody. Can't tell um, which is which. Is it your doorbell, or am I currently... 
have birds there's flying a, around my head. There's like a little canaries flying around your head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you tell me. I think, well, it's, it's probably a little bit of both. Because oh, it is. Doc, <laughs> it is Dr. Fraser Crane at the door. Dr. Fraser Crane, come on in. Dr. Fraser Crane. So it was Dr. Fraser Crane who hit me with that piano. Classic Dr. <laughs> Crane. Andrew, in uh, this segment, we're going to count down the top ten phrases that you'd hear somebody say while playing this game. Targi, let's get right into it, baby. Number ten. So uh, where do you want to go for our date tonight? Maybe we can eat dates in the middle of the desert. Number nine. Yeah, I had to stop playing Targi because my dad kept making puns about the rapper Salt and Peppa. Number eight. Hey, you know how in real life when you see a mirage in the desert, a Fata Morgana, if you will, uh, you get transported across the desert to a whole other place? Well, that happens in this game, too. Number seven. Yeah, I had to stop playing Targi because my dad kept making puns about me not getting dates in reference to my love life. Number six. Hey, yeah, sorry, I'm busy. Uh, I got a guy coming over this afternoon to take a look at my plumbing and uh, maybe take some of my goods and a victory point from me. Number five. Yeah, I had to stop playing Target because my dad would end each turn by saying, I'm nomad, I'm happy. Number four. Stay on Target. Stay on Target. Number three. Yeah, I had to stop playing Target because my dad kept referring to it as Target, which he thinks is a very funny way to refer to the department store Target. Number two. Oh, man, I am so thirsty in this desert right now. I could really go for a mouthful of salt. Number one. Yeah, I had to stop playing Target because my dad kept referring to the Fata Morgana card as Fat Morgan, even though he knew that isn't how it's pronounced. Chess break. Okay, it's time for a chess break. You know, Pete, I feel like all those dad jokes were directed at me a little bit. I just hmm. I felt like you were just kind of making fun of my sense of humor, just just a just a tad, because those those were Interesting. funny jokes. Those were funny jokes. What would have been I your? You were kind of. Yeah, I was gonna say I I, I, I would assume you liked those a lot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they were funny, but I feel like you didn't think they were funny. So okay, whatever. After the first couple, Andrew, I started to worry that. Uh, <laughs> that we would have that we <laughs> wrote the exact same uh, se- sentences for that segment quite frankly <laughs> me me ironically and you earnestly we should go back and record that of you doing all that and then just me saying the dad joke without the i had to stop playing it with my dad thing and oh just, we don't just... have time for that andrew but you <laughs> saying that is is good enough for the audience i think quite frankly uh, that's just you audience. Can, just you can imagine that, that happened. That would be fu- that would be funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get to this game of chess. We have an ongoing game of chess that we've been playing now for uh, a while. Uh, a while. Yeah. Just uh, just so happens that uh, we hap- we get the time to make our next move during the recording of our next episode of this podcast. So, that's and right. this is no different, actually, Andrew. I do happen to have a little bit of time right now, so I figured, let's go ahead and, uh, even though I just told you we don't have time to go back and record the previous, <laughs> re-record the previous segment, we do have happen to have a little bit of time for chess. It is my turn, right, Pete? I'm going to do my yeah. move in our ongoing game of chess. And uh, here we go here. I am just going to be moving one of my pawns up to space B6. Okay. Oh my good gracious. <laughs> so I'm just like uh, I'm just a little diagonal from your pawn there, so you better watch it out there, buddy. Mm, okay. I'll watch it, Andrew. But uh for right now, I can divert my gaze cuz we ain't got time to take the next move anyway, Andrew. We got to get going, brother. All right. See you next time on Chess Break. 
see you, audience, next time. Same time, same place. Chess break. <laughs> right. But in it's the like meantime, a- Andrew, I'm trying to get to a time and place where I can munch on something. I'm talking about snack pairings. Snack pairings. Okay, so we're going to take a look at uh, what foods would pair best with this game. Like when you're playing this game, you always got to have a snack with you, right? So what's going to what's gonna taste best when you're playing a game of Targi? I feel like there's some obvious What do you think, Andrew? What do you, what are you bring in for this game? <laughs> there's some obvious things we could go for here. My mind obviously went to the goods that are in the game, salt, pepper, mm. like, you know, but dates are in this. Now... One of my fave snacks to go for, they're super addicting, and it gets a little expensive sometimes. Uh, these things called, I'm doing a free commercial for Lara Bars. Have you heard of these? It's, it's ah. mostly dates. Dates and nuts. You heard about these things? You, you know about these? You heard about these? Lara you bars. Them, you seen this? You heard about Lara Bars? Or Lara Bars, maybe they're pronounced? Uh, no, I don't know. Super good. So I'm going to be eating that with basically any game that we're playing. So uh, that doesn't really count. That's a good point. You're pretty much always chomping on those bad boys. Yeah. So I'd just say you could really get any snack that you want for this game. Um, just go healthy and just just go unsalted. Like if you get popcorn, just go unsalted. You know, pretzels, unsalted. Because uh, this game already comes with salt. And so unpeppered? Some, unpeppered. Unpeppered snacks. It comes with salt. So if you need some, you could just sprinkle some from the game right on it. So that's... That's that's a good point. Don't need to spend the extra money on the salt. And, you know, you already got some in the game. You already got some. Andrew, I'm going with a big old pint of ice cream. <laughs> And that's just because, Andrew, I literally only put this segment in the outline (laughs) because I thought it would be funny to say something that has nothing to do with (laughs) salt, pepper, or dates. Uh, It was funny to get the time, that's for sure. Yeah, I went with salt, pepper, and dates, and you're just going Mm -hmm, with a big mm -hmm. pine ice cream. Yeah, this is what we call misdirection in comedy, Andrew. It's, you know, where you get the audience thinking there's going to be one thing, and then you pull the rug and you do something else. And as you can see, it's going gangbusters, baby. Yeah, people are rolling in the aisles on that Big one. old pint of ice cream. I, <laughs> right, you say it like the what's up guys, too. Big old pint of ice, ice cream. cream. <laughs> That's uh, going to be viral. Well, it's, it, be... it needs a setup. You know what I mean? It needs a setup where it's like, well, Andrew, this game, you know, uh, got a lot of great goods in this game, food-related stuff. You got salt, you got pepper, you got uh, dates, and I'm going to go ice cream. You know what I mean? One of those things. <laughs> I bet there's a Ben and Jerry's flavor that has salt, pepper, and dates in it. You know, it's called... Um, and it's called the Targi... It, it's called... Scoop uh, or whatever. Yeah, it's called Targi My Heart Out or something like that. I don't know. What it's uh-huh. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, they, they, they're better at that than me. Well, <laughs> listen, the mis- the whole misdirection and comedy thing, they didn't go over that in uh, dad comedy school that I went to. So uh, that's not... <laughs> I just I just mostly go with puns. So yeah, yeah. Well, puns are work great for you, Andrew. And quite frankly, they're great icebreakers. They go over great at parties. Oh, hey, Andrew. Why don't we try to be the life of the party? Life of the party. Okay, so we are talking about how to turn this two-player game of Targi into a big old party game. Mm-hmm. How are we gonna How are we gonna do this, Pete? How are we gonna turn this one into a big party game for many, many people? Here's my idea, Andrew, and uh, this is something I'm in love with and would probably do no matter what. You stand around the snack table with friends. Okay, you know the snack table with parties. It's all You've on the table. You've already got my attention. Usually. Yes, this is this is the only place I hang out at a party. 
Me too. That's why we're friends, Andrew. Right. That's where. That's actually where we met. It was at a snack. You get it. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> where we met, and that's <laughs> that's the only time we see each other is across the snack table. We go. Oh, hey, you're here, Andrew. <laughs> to you get a friend, maybe an acquaintance. You know what I mean? If you want to have three. Right. And then you all like musical chairs or whatever. You know, you stand across the snack table from each other, and you eat what intersects between you guys know what i mean so for me you know i'm finding like the sun chips i'm finding the cheetos or whatever i'm standing directly in in front of that to make a row know what i mean and then i'm telling my i'm telling my friend you know what i mean which of course would be you hey go stand over there we're gonna get the cheetos you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then uh during raids you either have yeah. to, I don't know, pay the person who's hosting the party like money, or you can donate your own snacks. You you bring your own. You know, go go. Oh, I I actually brought uh, these cheddar ruffles or whatever. You know what I mean? And you add <laughs> right, that right, to right. the. That's how you. Mm-hmm. And then the pot grows bigger. No, then you have another choice. You know. Well, now I love this idea because this actually takes the fun mechanic of the intersecting workers. And mm-hmm. in, instead of pasting on a theme of which we might not know that much about, might not be an expert on, you're going with something that we are experts on. Uh, uh, that's hello, right. Hello, snacks at a party, right? Snack foods. Uh, Absolutely yeah, right. I'm telling you, Andrew, this is this makes it into my favorite board game ever, maybe, because I also get yeah. to eat the snacks and, yeah. Wow, this is actually a great idea. I mean, I'm loving this. I would say if you do want to just retain just a hint of the old theme in there, maybe you could add in, because I see this a lot with party games, you could add in one of those sand timers, you know, you flip it upside down and the sand goes through the hourglass. I see. Just because you get some sand from the desert, and uh, I don't know, I see people using those at party games, I'm not sure what, yeah, I guess you keep time with them or something. I've never played a party game, so I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> maybe maybe you have a certain amount of time to line up on, on that snack table or something, that might That could be, be. or a certain yeah. amount of time to eat the snacks and then oh, when it's out you gotta you stop go. that's what it is yes yes mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. walk out of there like a willy wonka character you know what i mean just full of <laughs> full of cheetos or whatever it's kind of like double dare like you flip it over it's like ready set go and then you try and eat yes. as, much, as many cheetos as you can you know and then it's like time out of up. a huge nose paper mache nose or whatever you <laughs> right, reach in right. and you pull out a bunch of cheetos and eat it yeah you're, i'm you're loving trying to this find the, this you're trying good. to find the flag in the bowl of uh doritos or whatever yeah it's perfect somebody brings that the the comically huge pie to the uh to the party it takes up the entire <laughs> takes up the entire floor one entire floor of the party you gotta <laughs> dive into there to get the flag yeah it's like oh i hit it I hit a flag in there, and 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 I brought Mark Summers to the party too. So let's get started. Ooh, famously prickly uh, Mark Summers. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he's a good host. This this game would have been a problem for me a little while ago. I had a lot of orthodontic work done on my mouth, and like uh, eating those snack mm. foods and sticky things could cause a lot of problems. But did you notice? I just got my expanders out. I just got my expanders out. Heck yeah, Andrew. I just got my expanders out. This is our segment. We're going to go ahead and talk about expansion packs that we make up for this game. You know what I mean? What they, what we think they should do as add-ons for this. What are you thinking right. here, Andrew? Well, um, real quick off top, I guess we should... I, I think we already talked about it a little bit, but the uh, there is one expansion pack for this game already made, the Targia pawn, which moves around the opposite direction as the burglar and is, like, right. helpful. If you if you put your worker on that, it gives you some, uh, you know, bonuses or whatever. Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, great reviews of the expansion of this game, actually. People yeah, really like yeah. it, so... 
It, it also introduces water as another commodity, uh, which can be used as like a wild card, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, I like that. That got me kind of thinking about water in the desert. And maybe my idea for an expansion could be, I call this Mirage, okay? Or, you know, maybe Fata Morgana. I don't That's a fun word to say, but uh, maybe I call this Mirage, uh, where on some of the cards... I think I've come up with other ideas like this for other games, but I love this. At the end, you thought it was an Oasis card, but actually, nope, it was fake. It was a fake Oasis, and you don't get the victory points for that uh, Oasis that you picked up. Right. Uh, You're right. This is something you've touched on before, but hey, when if you got something good, you know? I think there's a mechanic that I like, and I think if I made a game, I would put this in where you think that you yeah. won, but then you didn't. I just think it's funny. To Andrew, the, over at the colon, the, the game. game. You think you won, <laughs> but you didn't. That's the whole mechanic behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Every turn, one of you is chosen as the winner of the game, but then you turn it and, it, and then you're not. That's just how the game <laughs> We're I'm workshopping it. I'm coming up with well, Andrew the game. I liked it. I guess it was more of a str- maybe it could be more of a strategy. Like I liked it in I don't know if you remember way back. Uh, well, we have played it a lot. The uh, Star Wars Empire vs. Rebellion game. There was yeah, like that one yeah, card yeah. where you could play it, and it's like, and it's, literally the card is like the person who wins loses, and the person who loses wins. You know, right? And uh, yeah, yeah. And each player had one of those, and you could play it once, but you had to play it before going into the round so you didn't know if it was actually going to be in your you could you could play in a way that actually you didn't want to play that card yeah it was i thought that was a fascinating part of that game too so maybe my wow now i'm expanding my expansion maybe my expansion pack is like that you have an kind of an objective card that you secretly select at the at the beginning i'm just going to steal it right from the game and then just steal that mechanic yeah i like that yeah and then one of the cards in there, there's other cards too, but one of the cards that you can pick is Mirage. So all the, the I guess, Oasises that they got victory points for don't count or something like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I like the addition of objective cards too. I think that's really cool. I think that's a whole other layer that uh, would add. Uh, people are uh, There are a lot of people out there who think that this game needs a little bit of extra something. And I think that would add something to it, yeah. Uh, yeah. The idea of like pursuing specific objectives as well, in addition to just the normal victory points thing, is cool. Wow, that was a live that was a live expansion pack development session right there, people. That's how wow. games are made. That was cool. Get this man on Kickstarter stat. You <laughs> know what I mean? I'm just gonna start doing a Kickstarter for a, a Targi expansion pack until I get sued for existing intellectual property. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Andrew, my expansion is going to be based on the music of that area. That's one thing that they never touch on in this that I think is a big part of those cultures. I myself kind of backdoored into the Tuareg culture via music. I, I, I didn't know a lot about this area or these people, but I did already know some artists from that area and some genres from that area of music specifically. There is uh, Whoa, a really? very well-known... Yeah, there's a very well-known band called uh, Win, which is all Tuareg people who play... Um, electric guitars and and various other instruments but they they are one of the most well-known groups of musicians from a genre that is referred to uh by many names but one name is the desert blues which are from the saharan area specifically um where they mix together blues rock and also the traditional music of the cultures in that area to to Whoa. kind of form a brand new genre of music and it's very good i gotta say i mean i i <laughs> i i just stumbled upon it myself through various you know uh places to 
to find new artists and whatnot. And uh, and then when I saw this game and we were playing it, I went, oh, oh, it's oh, it's that area. You know what I mean? It's that culture that this comes from. Oh, so you knew about that before? Yeah, wow. exactly. I knew about this many years ago, way be way be before I even knew about this game. And music in general in that area is is huge. And and if you go and you look up like the music of some of these, not only the Detroit people, but just Molly in general. There's tons of writing about it, tons of artists about it, tons of mixing of genres in that area. And it's just a very fertile region for music, I feel like, these days. It almost seems a slap in the face to not include it, I think, in, in any kind of depiction of this area, at least from my point of view. So I, I'd say we need some of that. You know what I mean? So I think you could do all sorts of things. You could have something as simple as just like mixing in instrument cards as goods. You know what I mean? Like this game is very simplistic in the goods. It has salt, it has pepper, it has dates. I don't know if that's really representative of everyday life experience of, of these people, just those three goods. So what if we had maybe some instruments in there? You know, like I said, they they have done a lot of great stuff with electric guitars. There was There's a rich history of stringed instruments specifically in this uh, region and with these people. And guitars themselves were introduced post-World War II. And so they've really taken up guitars over there. And, and now they do a ton with electric guitars over there too, despite being based in the Saharan Desert. And so it's really cool. I think you can mix in some of those instruments in there as goods cards. And then just overall maybe just have music and dancing contribute to the victory points because it's there's a lot of economic stuff going on in this game and that translating to like success but what about just happiness in general being a a, 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 yeah. a success point you know what i mean and that can include concerts and dancing and things like that i just kind of want more slice of life stuff you know what i mean beyond just markets and trading you know what i mean I, and i think music would be a good way of doing it it's kind of like when uh you know, I used to play like the old pc games like civilization or whatever and mm-hmm. once you established a certain amount of wealth for your civilization the people would get angry if you didn't have the arts and things like that in there. Exactly. You know, I think that's a great point you could throw in this game. I would say, though, I'm just going to expand on this idea a little bit. I think when you have this expansion pack, you need to send it out with like a little scan. What do they call those? QR codes where you can uh, download some of this music from some of these artists or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, I think that's a great way to do it. You could introduce a lot of this music to people who might otherwise not find it. Um, Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of artists from this area that are fairly well known um, among many circles, you know, Alia Farcature, Tanara, when I mentioned, um, Bombino is, is another artist and they're all, their profiles are rising and people are from all over the world are are discovering uh, these artists. I feel like as time goes on more and more, which is, uh, I think, very important. Either that or if you really just want to upset people, you could include it. Instead of that, you could just include a, like a cassette tape of this music and be like, oh, what am I going to do with this? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right. Or you could just have it. It just goes to the Rick Roll uh, video. <laughs> if you want to be the ultimate the troll, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Hey, we have been talking and talking about this this great game and this theme of being out in the desert. This game does include some cards with some people riding on camels. Now, you know here on Two Can Play That Game, we love camels. And uh, so we got to ask, right. we got to ask the big question. How thirsty are these camels? How thirsty are these camels? Yeah, that's right, Andrew. It's time for How Thirsty Are These Camels. We're going to revisit this segment as we have another game with depictions of camels. In this one, Andrew, we don't see them that often. They're basically just on one style of card, and it is. Uh, we see a depiction of a man riding a camel. And what do you think, Andrew? 
how thirsty are these camels looking in this game? Well, um, I gotta say they, uh, to be honest, they don't seem that thirsty at all. A little disappointing, actually. No, in fact, Andrew, I'd say these camels seem extremely satisfied. I don't think they're looking for anything at this point, Andrew. I think they have everything they need, and they're being well taken care of, and, um, well, they don't need me or Andrew at all. No, in fact... I'd say it seems like they're actually kind of in the middle of some very important work. We're probably actually bothering them at this point. So, uh, you know. Yeah, that's right. Why don't we just get out of here, Andrew, and leave them to uh, what they're doing? Uh, I actually feel a ton of shame that I was uh, trying to figure out how thirsty these camels were. Wish you the best, and uh, good evening. Yes, I'll log off my phone now. Well, Andrew, we've reached that time in the episode where we gotta ask. Two could play this game, but should they? Two could play this game, but should they? Okay, so this is the big question of the show. How sure are you that two people should play this game? We're going to go from 0% to 100% being the best game ever in the world. Um, so what rating are we going to give this game? Pete, what do you think? Andrew, I'm going to go ahead and give this game a 79. I am 79% sure that two people should play this game. I very much enjoy this game, Andrew. I like playing it. I actually want to play it more, which is great. So yes, I, yeah. I, I wanted to give it something high. But that being said, we've mentioned that the theme just doesn't go that deep, maybe. you know, Maybe it wasn't thought through as fully as it could have been. And to me, I feel like that kind of sets it off a little bit. I can't give it too high a rating because of that personally for me. When I heard that there's a game that's all about, you know, semi-nomadic pastoral herders, farmers, traders in the North African desert, I'm like, that's very cool. But then you open the game and the only goods are salt, pepper, dates, you know what I mean? And <laughs> there's just like some cards are water wells and some cards are just camel riders and that's basically as far as the theme goes, you know what I mean? I, I just, yeah. I want more, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I wanted more knowledge of those people being present in the game. More, like I've said before in this episode, I wanted more of their daily life experience to be represented in the game and not just trading salt, basically. So <laughs> um, I, I just think there's more fascinating stuff to, to do with this, basically. You know what I mean? Where's the music? Yeah. Where's the games that they're playing? You know, where's some more history? Things like that. So right, right, right. Uh, I wanted some more varied artwork. You know what I mean? There can be, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a pretty subdued representation of these people where it's just a, there is a lot of tan sand basically and very small depictions of the human figures and they all look the same like there's maybe i don't know seven different cards you know what i mean and yeah and if it is one of those then it's the same image printed across them you know seven different times and just there's something slightly different about each one but the image itself is the same on each card. I just feel like there was a lot more room for not only a variety of experiences they're presenting with the people, but also just the representations of the people. And so it just left me wanting more, basically, in terms of the theme, basically. I really, really like the gameplay. I think the gameplay was really nice. There, you know, there is room, I think, for more innovation or more elements or more layers of depth for the gameplay, definitely, too. I think we maybe even touched on that ourselves here when we were thinking about things you could do yeah. with the game. But 
I cannot deny the fact that it is very fun to play and I want to play more of it. And uh, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think that's going anywhere, that feeling. You know what I mean? So that, yes. it's a very good game. You know, it just falls a little bit flat every now and then. And also, it does, I don't know about you, but it seems like an older game. Like, it came out 2012, you said, right? Yeah, 2012, yeah. Which was five years after Agricola came out. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, Agricola is older than this one, but this one almost feels like it was before that type of game. It just feels like it feels a little more basic than you would think at that year, basically, would come uh. out. So, so it loses a little bit of points for me in that way, knowing that things came before it that were much more complicated and mm -hmm. varied. You know what I mean? And then this game came out. So I'm going to stick with 79% sure that somebody should play this game. What do you think, Andrew? Well, uh, I got to agree that the theme is very just pasted on. I think you always go with, <laughs> you seem to always want to have a human connection, right? We've been over this before. You want to have True. a human connection in the game. And the artwork, I, I agree. The artwork is very like, it, make, it's, it makes it seem kind of old. I think that's where yeah. a lot of that comes from. I thought it was older than that, too, just because of the artwork. Yeah. But to me, artwork doesn't matter at all. I really hardly at all, um, hmm. unless unless it's just cartoon foxes. Then I'm then I'm not into it. But uh, that's a whole different yeah. game. <laughs> but no, it, it, it doesn't matter to me too much. Uh, the whole personal connection doesn't matter to me that much. I, I am. <laughs> I kind of wish I didn't read into. Uh, no, I, I am glad that I read into the, the history. I learned something about the Tuareg people and all that. But um, yeah, you're right. They, they, they left a lot out of this but the the mechanic is so fun to me that um that this is this might be my favorite game or the most fun of a game that we've reviewed so far in the show i really like it i'm gonna wow. give it a i'm gonna give it a 96 percent sure that two people Ooh, should play this game andrew you yes. love this game i do i do and it's and you're right i Good. just want to keep playing it we were playing so we <laughs> after you know we played this game several times and we have to play other games for this podcast and i feel like yeah. when we play other games now i'm just like eh, you want to get a quick game of targian before we play these other games because i just right. i just love it that much you know i, I don't want to play other games <laughs> i want to play targi well that's good the thing that i really like about it i think is that because of that intersecting mechanic you always have something going on you know, and it's not right. like, even though you, you can block each other, I just felt like there were always options. It was always like, well, okay, I can't get that one, but hey, look, there's some, there's a card with two dates up there. I could get that one, you know, and mm -hmm. at least I have that. Uh, so it might not be my... There's always a good option. It might right. not be the best option, but it's a good option. Exactly. It's it's not my objective that I was going for, but eh, I could do this and oh, now all of a sudden, hey, now I have a bunch of dates. Maybe I could actually do that. So you, the strategy changes. Yep on the on the fly and i just love that you're always getting something i never felt like i was just like oh i'm defeated here i'm just kind of slogging through this it's like i don't know i felt like it was always moving right and it moves so quick too even even after the first or second time you're you're already a pro at it and you're moving quick because you know what all the cards do and uh, yeah i, I like just, the pace of the game yeah for sure like, like you said you want it to be a little bit more like agricola and i think if you added in all those other things it would be more complicated like that um but to me simpler is better at this point in my life mm -hmm. honestly i just want yeah. something that's easy enough for me to understand goes right. quick and is addicting and that's this game checks all those boxes so um 96 i mean it's almost it's not higher just because i think of the theme like you you knocked it down a lot for the theme and the artwork mm -hmm. and all that i would almost put this at 99 or 100 if it weren't for that if, if this if they had some wacky fantasy theme on this this would be like space aliens or something yes, yeah yeah yes. yeah 
then I, I would probably go 99 or 100 on that on this. So uh, I love it. I got gotcha. you. Great game. Yeah, I hear you. Well, Andrew, let's go ahead and throw over to the leaderboard and see where that lands Targi amongst all the games we've reviewed so far. Leaderboard. Okay, so we're bringing up the big old leaderboard. You gave it 79%. I gave it 96%. So we're going to average those two scores out for a final score of 87.5% sure that two should play the game of Targi. Oh, yeah. Now that puts it at number five on our list of games so far, Andrew. That's pretty good. That's in top five. We don't get too many of those. Uh, We haven't had one break the top five in a long time, actually. We don't. Andrew, you're right. There aren't too many of those. In fact, there's five in the top five, and (laughs) there there always is. I I meant to say we don't. All right, I meant to say we don't get those very often, but... Uh, yes, I right. see. There are, five, I see. There are yeah. five of them. Good point. There Thank always you. are five in the top five, and that's how we like it, baby. Speaking of top five, our top five are uh, number one, Go. Number two, Star Wars Empire yeah. vs. Rebellion. Number yeah. three, Android Netrunner. Number four, mm-hmm. Patchwork. And then Targi is number five. Knocking out... Oh, I, I just noticed this. Knocking out one of your faves... Stratego. Stratego is now number six. Andrew, how could you do this to me? (laughs) That's all. And and I did that on purpose. No, I did not do that on purpose. Oh, it just. Now, Stratego is a game where the theme is goes deep, baby. All those hats that they have on there. You know what I mean? (laughs) They researched the hats. Yeah, hard on that game. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that some numbers are more than other numbers, and that corresponds to the military. The levels in the ancient, you know, French military or whatever, you know, hey, come on. Yeah, sure. Now we're talking. That's storytelling, baby. (laughs) And, you know, it doesn't, it did not overtake Patchwork. I do, you know, we we love Patchwork. I think that's uh, really a wonderful game that we, that we enjoy going back to all the time. So I, I think that's good. I think it's, I think it's a good spot for this game. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's fine. It is, like I said, it's my favorite game. It's not my, Go. I rated Go higher. Uh, I think Go is a more important game for people to play, but yeah. Targi is just, just a, to me, it's just a ton of fun. So that's why I rated it so yeah. high. But well, that's uh, yeah, good. No, these other games, these other games are great too. Well, that's pretty cool. Andrew, uh, are we cool? Are we cool? Oh, what do you mean? Like, are we, like, is our... Is our relationship still cool? Like, are we still friends here? How many? Yeah, that's what I mean, Andrew. You're talking about friendship points specifically? How many points are friendship went up or down? I'm talking about friendship points specifically, Andrew. That's right. If we have to reduce our friendship to a numerical value, which you and I both love to do, how much did this affect it? Did it go up? Did it go down? And by how much, Andrew, I'm going to say we went up by one point, I think, with this game. I had fun. I had fun playing with you. I think the game's fun, and I enjoyed the time. How about that? All right. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I think it was so much fun, I'm going plus four on the friendship meter. Wow. Yes. Just because, like we said, you can't foil each other too much. Even when even when the other person does get in your way, I don't get too frustrated because I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. I can still do something else. So right. I still have another plan on the board. And you are kind of an adrenaline junkie who seems to really enjoy when fate throws something at you and then you have to redirect. You know what I mean? I think you're I think you're a little more <laughs> unique in that than some people who play board games. You know what I mean? You like that. You thrive on that stuff. So 
Well, that's why I always want a game where at the end you find out that you actually lost when you thought you won. I just love chance. I see <laughs> now. I see. It's all coming clear to me. No, I do love I do love elements of chance in board game. I think it when it's the chances uh, weighted more towards chance than strategy. I like it. I like it better. It's just more fun for me. Yeah, and that means you and I are cool in this instance, baby. Yes. We are. Oh, we're cool. Uh, this friendship is rock solid after this game. Yeah, we're very cool, which is good because we're playing in the desert, so we wanna we wanna stay cool. Now there we go, back to dad school, <laughs> dad joke school, baby. <laughs> And that's a great note to leave it on, Andrew. We got to get out of here, but I hope that everybody listening does tune in next time. Uh, unless, of course, they get another friend. Oh, that's right. In, in which case, they're going to have to tune into a different podcast for three players. It's called uh, Head, Shoulders, Threes, and Toes. That's right. That's the podcast where they review three-player board games in the style of nursery school songs. Plenty, plenty of dad right. jokes over there, too. Head, Shoulders, Threes, yes, and Toes. Yes, plenty of dads, too. Know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah head shoulders threes and toes threes and toes that's their uh, theme song yes. i think that's maybe you think that's uh now, common careful, that property. might be copyrighted yeah, I was gonna. I was about to say, <laughs> what's the name for that when it's um, public domain? Public domain. That's right. You think that's public domain now at this point? Uh, Who do you think wrote that song? You know what I mean? Listen, Mozart if it's not public or, uh, domain, I owe somebody a lot of money. I'll say that in my. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you've been singing it. Yeah, <laughs> your iPhone has been has been compiling. You know how your phone listens to you? Well, it's been compiling all the times you've been singing it. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Well, that's true. Get ready. Your your bill your bill is increasing every year. Basically, you get just wait until the central government sends you the I bill. I love surprise. It's kind of like that surprise at the end of the game. They say, well, "I think I have one life," and they send me a giant bill at the end of my life. Oh, I actually you're, lost. You're about to retire, and they're like, "Not so fast." You actually. Huh? Uh, they flip over the tile. It was fake. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean?